You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 172. this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting Taylor Moore, who is a former CIA intelligence officer who worked in both analysis and operations. He later consulted for the Department of Defense and now lives in the Texas panhandle with his family. Downrange is Taylor's debut novel and the first of a series featuring DEA agent Garrett Cole. A reminder to rate and review this uh, podcast on your favorite podcasting app. You can visit thrillingweeds.com forward slash links to sign up to the Thrilling Weeds mailing list so you can get great deals on thriller and mystery books. You'll also find all my website and social media links over there at uh, thrillingreads.com forward slash links. All right, here is my interview with Taylor Moore. Excited to talk to Taylor. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Man, thanks for having me on, Alice. Uh, honor to be on your show, and I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And so, wow, your debut novel uh, coming up, uh, I believe it's in a couple of weeks, huh? Uh, August 3rd. So it's just right around the corner. Actually. Oh, yeah. Next week, yeah. recording this <laughs> yeah. uh, August, uh, July 30th. So congrats. Yeah. How's, how's the whole, this is your first book. So how's the whole uh-huh. book launch stuff going for you? Is it how you imagined it? It's n- not really. It's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot more to it. I was, I was used to that sort of quiet writer's life where I just sat in my little uh, coffee shop or in my office and um, you know, just had this sort of solitary life. And now everything has become very public, you know, as you're uh, starting to, you know, as we're going through this process of getting the book out there. And so, no, that was a little bit surprising for me. But at the same time, it's fun. It's, you know, the book is my baby. I'm, I'm ready to get it out there. I'm excited about it. So I enjoy talking about it. But no, it's it's different from the the solitary writer's life that I was used to. Yeah, it's kind of funny. You're like, you're like, like you said, you're kind of like in your writing cave, and then all of a sudden, you're like exposed, dragged out, exposed to the whole world. <laughs> it really is. It's it's a strange kind of surreal experience, but but it's fun because you know your friends and family are really excited, and uh, and I'm excited, and you know I have small kids, and they're can't wait to you know see it come out, and just all the hoopla that goes along with it. But no, it's been fun. It's actually been fun. But yeah, it's it's very different than what I'm used to. Well, I want to say that I I, I received a, a, an advanced copy from your publisher, and I've been enjoying Downrange. Uh, a lot of great action. I really like uh, Garrett Cole. He's a, a badass. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, <laughs> Thank we'll, you. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit here. But uh, I really enjoy that book. So I highly recommend the listeners to go and uh, and check that out. You're not you won't be disappointed. Um, so, but you have such an amazing background. So, can you tell us a little bit uh, about your time in the CIA? Not sure what you can tell us. Yeah, <laughs> or, no, or, yeah. or other work you've done before becoming a writer. <laughs> yeah, no, actually. So, it's, it's a funny thing because probably every bit uh, of me is in this book uh, from childhood, growing up on a farm and ranch, uh, you know, northwest of Houston, um, up and through uh, to, you know, my experiences working with the CIA. Um, and working with the military, doing uh, a lot of stuff, but you know, part part of which was counter narcotics, uh, which played into that. And then later on, I ended up working uh, in oil and gas on the Texas High Plains, where the book is set. And I was working out on all these big ranches, and uh, so, you know, starting to hear these stories about things that were going on. And so, you know, just the writer in me, uh, naturally, as I'm going through every part of my life, I'm pulling pulling this in um, to my brain, and it just kind of s- sticks there sticks there and kind of rummages around a little bit and, you know, stories start to come out. And so, so downrange is, is really a culmination of a whole lifetime uh, worth of experience. And, and again, um, you know, people will see once they get in there and I think they'll, um, 
they'll they'll see the authenticity of a of a person who's been there and done that and kind of seen it with his own eyes and and so it was fun to get you know to to take those things and put them on pages and and to hear people like you you know appreciate your your kind words about the book and uh, I'm glad people are enjoying it. Yeah, I think that's been so great in the last uh, few days, a uh, few years, or yeah, it seems like a lot of people with uh, with backgrounds like yours or people who were in the military are actually now writing these thrillers. Uh, makes it so much more authentic than. Then, you know, not not to dump anybody else, because but you know, you could tell when something's just been researched to death versus someone who's lived it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so did you always want to write fiction, even before you? Uh, how long have you been wanting to be a writer? So you know, it's hard to say. Um, I, you know, I've always been a storyteller. I've always had a wild imagination. I've always liked that thing. For, you know, even from childhood. Um, but. I wrote my first book actually about 20 years ago, uh, believe it or not. And it was when I was uh, working on a ranch with my dad and, uh, and I just had my laptop and over the course of a few months, I just, I just wanted to see if I could write a book. And, you know, some people say, I just want to write, you know, run a marathon just to see if I can do it. And, and it was kind of like that experience for me. I didn't think I would do this for a living. I just liked the idea of it. And, and so I did, I wrote a young adult novel and it just kind of sat on my computer and I don't even know if it still exists or, or where it is, but uh, hopefully it's around somewhere just for fun. But, um, but yeah, so I always kind of had that passion to do it. And then, you know, uh, after I was doing that, I ended up working at the agency and, uh, you know, doing the military stuff. Um, and every now and then I'd kind of take a stab at something, but I was just so busy and so much was going on. I was doing so much writing at work that it just wasn't fun for me to, um, kind of get, get, get into that writing process. Cause I, you know, I'd write so much at work and it was just hard to do when you get home. And, uh, but then later on when I was working in the oil and gas stuff, it was kind of a different, I was using a different part of my brain and, uh, and I was encouraged to get back into writing by a, a, a writer here. I, I was actually what they call a landman. So I was out there meeting with the, you know, these big ranchers and we were making, you know, oil and gas deals and deciding where to put, you know, oil wells and all that. And, I ended up on the property of this big ranch, this guy named John R. Erickson, who wrote a series called Hank the Caladog, and, and he still is writing them. And um, and so I, I kind of said, yeah, I'm a writer, too. And he's like, well, what are you writing? I said, nothing. He goes, well, it doesn't sound like you're much of a writer if you're not doing anything. I was like, well, OK, you're right. I'm not I'm not doing it. So I would take my laptop with me everywhere I'd go. And if I had a little downtime waiting for a meeting, if I had a lunch break, I would I would write every chance I got. And so that's kind of how I got back into it. And did that is that when you started getting back into it? Is that what be, eventually became the Garrett Cole character or Don Range, or is that some, something else? Not at all. That's the funny thing is that um, when I was writing just for fun, just to you know kind of get back into it, I was writing an, another young adult novel, and uh, it wasn't until I really decided to start, you know, when my wife and I, did, you know, kind of made this decision, like, do you really want to try your hand at this? You like it? You're passionate about it? And I decided I wanted to do it. And I said, well, I better. I better do something I make sure that could, that I can sell. And, you know, obviously having that background that I had uh, lent itself to, like, as you said, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, the Brad Taylors and the Jack Cars and the Don Bentleys out there that have kind of been there, done that and are, are writing about it. And, uh, and so, you know, I had that, that experience that I could, I could pull into a, a novel series. And, um, and so that's when I, I, I kind of changed what I was doing and, and, and started uh, really Garrett Cole. So I, this is kind of an interesting story. Uh, Garrett Cole was not my protagonist when I started out. And um, I actually got my agent with another protagonist in another series. And uh, Garrett Cole was a side character in that book. He was just a secondary character. And my agent really 
love that guy. And he said, man, there's some, something to that guy. And, and it was kind of funny because I always sort of deep down, he, I, I kind of felt like he was stealing the show and I was kind of waiting for people, you know, beta readers to kind of say that. And a couple actually did, but my agent was really the one uh, who um, kind of noticed that. And he's like, why don't we uh, redo this with another series? And he threw that idea out there. And of course that's what every writer wants to hear is let's throw away this book. You've re- <laughs> rewritten five times and start, start from scratch, you know? <laughs> And so uh, my agent's a wonderful guy, um, and and it's always I always joke that I threw myself on the floor and threw a tantrum, and he gave me enough time to get back up, pull myself together, and have the conversation to continue. Uh, but we did, and he, and he was nice. Now he said, "Well, just think about it. Just think about it." And and so I I think I woke up at like three o'clock the next morning. I uh, couldn't sleep, thinking about this, and uh, and I said, "Well, let me try to write something with Garrett Colin." And so I wrote uh, the first chapter, uh, which appears about. 50 pages into the, the finished book. And it was like the, the best writing I'd ever done. It just came so naturally. His, Garrett came out naturally. Um, and, and Garrett was really, he was born before that, but, th- but that's when he really uh, became, became alive when he became a protagonist. And, and so that's how he came about. Oh, wow. That's really cool how that, that process works. Uh, yeah, f- yeah. Frustrating and painful feel, for you. It didn't feel very cool at the time. I'll tell you, <laughs> but, but I'm glad now my agent, it, it, like I said, he was right about it. And that, that was a good call. Uh, but yeah, at the time it was like, really, I'm going to, you know, how many more months, you know? Yeah. I can just imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about, uh, like for people who, who are, um, uh, just are discovering you, what, how, how would you describe your books to them? Uh, it's an interesting, it's a, it's a weird book in some ways because it, it's almost like an operator style thriller mixed with a modern day Western. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there might be something out there like that. If, if there is, I haven't really seen it. Um, but I think my big influences, um, in, in life, you know, growing up, just given my age, probably, you know, are Tom Clancy and then Larry McMurtry. Those were the two writers that I really gravitated toward, you know, growing up. And so I like that sort of, uh, uh that, that Clancy-esque, you know, intrigue and, and, and fun storylines and, you know, the Jack Ryan character is so good because you, he's a guy you feel for. He's not a superhero. He's a, you know, he's a, you know, he's, he's very capable, but he's not who we think. And he's a very real person, I think to us and that we could all, uh, sort of gravitate to. And I wanted a character like that. And even though, you know, Garrett was a green beret and and DEA and does some kind of, um, over the top kind of cool things that we don't all do. I, I I think, you know, if if you've read it, you kind of know he's, he's still a believable character. He's still in, in many ways, just a normal guy and doing sort of an extraordinary type job. And, um, and so I wanted that. And then again, with, uh, Larry McMurtry having that influence, I just love McMurtry's descriptions of, of, of settings. I loved his dialogue. I love the humor he added in and, and, and that was just an influence and I wanted to write like that. And so for people maybe who like McMurtry or, or like, uh, Clancy, I say, imagine if you tried to put a book together like that, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying I reached that level of, of greatness that, that those guys achieved as, as authors, but, uh, that's what I'm, I'm I was going for. Yeah, it's got like a, a justified uh, military thriller uh, uh, combo vibe. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, justified. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a justified. Because it's got, you know, and I, I wanted to do that level of world building. I'm a big C.J. Box fan. And uh, and so I wanted to do kind of what C.J. Box does for uh, Wyoming. And it's this level of world building. And it's a world that exists, but it doesn't exist for me. I've never been to Wyoming, but... He has all these characters that come into play and it's just the setting and what it's like there. And I wanted to do for the Texas High Plains, um, you know, what he or, you know, or, or Craig Johnson, you know, th- th- what those guys are doing for the regions that they write about. 
And so can you tell us a little bit about the plot about, of uh, Downrange for the listeners? Absolutely. So so Downrange, uh, it starts out, believe it or not, although it's set on the Texas High Plains, starts out in Afghanistan. And basically our, our uh, protagonist, Garrett Cole, and I'll try to kind of breeze over this so I'm not um, giving away any spoilers. Um, but yeah, so basically he he's out there doing a job. Uh, he's doing his mission, um, which is, you know, related to opium trafficking. And uh, he's on a task force. And basically he comes across something that he should have never seen um, because he's in a place that he shouldn't have been. Ends up getting into a situation, a firefight uh, and rescues this boy uh, that he ends up sort of responsible for. And, and that's sort of the very beginning. It, it doesn't give too much away, but ends up kind of on this protective custody assignment. Uh, and, and it just has to keep the kid out of uh, sight for a while, which sounds easy enough. You know, he'll go back to his big, uh, you know, uh, ranch back in Texas, sort of hide out, camp out a little bit till things cool, cool off and simmer down. And uh, but uh, he kind of goes uh, out of the frying pan and into the oven because he gets home from, and it, it, he kind of needed to mend fences with his estranged family anyhow. And things go sort of from bad to worse when he finds out they've gotten in, into some trouble of their own. And I, I'll kind of leave it at that and, and let people uh, who want to read kind of find out what happens. Yeah. And you said this is the first in a series. So do you have the, is the second one already like uh, in, underway or? It, oh, it's it's in my editor's hands right now. I'm eagerly awaiting his <laughs> his uh, feedback, you know, as any author does. Uh, but so my, my agents read it, and he's he's really excited about it. And uh, and it, I, t- I kind of tell people if you like Downrange, you're gonna you're gonna love the second book because it's it's um, it, it follows those same characters. And I've been telling people uh, pay pay close attention to the characters that don't seem important in Downrange because they may pop up again, and they may may pop up in a big way and uh, so I think it's going to be fun. And I'm going to continue to do that throughout the series is uh, introduce uh, new characters. And, and you may see them for see them for a brief minute um, in, in that book, but maybe book three, book four, book five, they come back into play. And um, so I think I, I want to create a really fun series that people will just want to follow because, they're, it, you know, I tried to write a character driven thriller. So it's not just about you know them you know my protagonist against the bad guys it's it's he's dealing with all sorts of things and if you think about downrange i mean it's dealing with it's a it's a book about family it's a book about uh you know relationships and you know there's hard feelings and it's about forgiveness and um old uh high school crushes come back into play and uh bullies and all these things that you know everybody deals with in everyday life uh they're in the book and i wanted to make a book that was relatable for everyone and you know, we, we um, it, like, well, it's fun to read about, you know, terrorists trying to kill you or, uh, you know, being hunted by, you know, cartel assassins or something like that. It's not, it's not very, thankfully, it's not very relatable to most people, you know, but, uh, but it is fun to read about, but I wanted to have relatable problems to our protagonist um, and, and the other characters I, I go through. I don't just follow him in first person, the book's written in third person, um, but but I get into multiple points of view and I want people to be as involved in every other character's life as they are with the protagonist. And that's sort of my goal as the th- throughout the series. Yeah, I think that's so important, too, because, yeah, characters is kind of what keeps us going because, yeah, the action is great. But if it's all just that <laughs> kind of get. A right. Good, yeah. So that's a, that's a awesome that you uh, to accomplish that. And uh, I was wondering, too, since, you, since this is your first book and you kind of just got. Well, not kind of, because I know everything takes forever in the publishing world, but what was the, what was the process like then? Like you went out and looked for an agent and you had to go through all that. Uh, what was all that process like? Was it a kind of a nightmare? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. I always tell people it's the same miserable process that every writer goes through. I'm, I'm sure somebody didn't have that process, but I think most people 
uh, go through the query process and get the 8 billion rejections and you sit around and go, why am I doing this? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm no good. I'm terrible, you know? And, um, but yeah, so the, the, I mean, gosh, I've been, this is a, a process of, I think four years or so, uh, from, from sort of start to finish, maybe a little bit longer, depending on how you look at it. But, but yeah, so honestly, my agent, uh, John Talbot, you know, I, I, he's phenomenal. And I, I, um, I got him, he actually rejected me <laughs> the first time I sent my, my first manuscript to him. And when I sent out my first round of queries, um, I actually had three, uh, pretty, you know, prominent agents, um, that anybody would be very happy with that, that requested full manuscript. And, uh, and so I've been told that's, that's a pretty good thing. And I'm, I'm, you know, I think you know, having the, the background, you know, CIA experience that probably opened a, a few doors, at least kind of got your toe in. And then, uh, and then, you know, you include a writing sample and all that. So at least got your toe in there, but John was actually the first one to get back to me. And, and, and he, he basically said, you know, I like your story, I like your writing, but here are the 15 things you did wrong. <laughs> and uh yeah and so and, and and the thing was it wasn't you know sometimes people say like well just because somebody tells you something it wasn't just because he told me that he was dead on he's a good mm -hmm. editor and and i saw it was just spot on i was like yep 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 you're right about everything and so i went to those other two agents and i pulled the manuscript from them um and uh and a lot of people say you were crazy for doing that why did you do that because what if they would have like accepted it and I was just like, you know, it wasn't, the book wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. This other guy, John Talbot was right about it. And, you know, I, I wanted, I, I just, I, this is what I wanted to do for a living and I wanted it to be right. And I wanted it to be perfect. And, and, and it wasn't. So I went ahead and pulled it and then, um, and then resubmit it again. And, and I didn't expect John to, um, to accept it. it somebody one of my writer friends told me one time they said you sent it back to him they're like that's the cardinal sin of you know <laughs> writing you never resend to an, an agent unless he asked for it i was like well okay fine i didn't know i was like you know what i mean like if the worst thing that happens to this guy today is that somebody spent months redoing a novel over you know based on his word and resend it then fine you know but <laughs> but i did and fortunately he saw it liked it and um and and it brought me on as a client and then it was a long process of, you know, going back, me, me rewriting that thing. And then again, back to the story of him saying, nope, let's start from scratch. And I'm not the only author that's done that. Uh, there's a few out there and I won't, I won't tell their stories. I'll let them do it. But but that happens, you know. So I, I kind of say that to, to writers who are out there who get that that attitude. I'm going to put my heels into the ground and, and you're not going to budge me from it. You might do that. It might be the right thing, but it might not, you know, and um and, and in this case, I just I'm thankful that we that it did take us long and it took multiple drafts and multiple rewrites. And and then, you know, to the point where I finally got it to um, my editor, you know, David Highfield was an incredible editor and William Morrow um, got it to them. And then it was the, I guess that was over a year ago. So, you know, by the time you get through that process of, of him getting what he wants and, uh, you know, and, and getting those revisions into the story and edits, yeah, it took over a year so. It's not a quick process by any stretch of the imagination. And so that's why now, uh, it, you know, when a pub date's rolling around August 3rd, it's not like, oh, that's kind of neat. It's like, no, this is like the Olympics. It took me four <laughs> years to get here. You know? Overnight success, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a speaker at an event. I, uh, and and it, so it said how Taylor became an overnight success, you know, sort of tongue in cheek or whatever. And, and the idea is for me to tell the story. And, and I'll do it kind of like what I told you, but in a more elaborate way for writers that that are interested in this and, you know, and kind of say, like, here's what you need to do. Here's here's 
if you want to be a published author, you know, particularly if one of the bigger houses, then here's the road. And it's not an easy one, but you just gotta, you just gotta be determined. Yeah. If it was easy, I guess everybody would be doing it. Right. Cause <laughs> yeah. You know, my wife used to tell me that all the time because I mean, this was hard. This was a hard process and I would need pep talks sometimes. And, and, and that was exactly what she said. She'd say like, if, if this was easy, you, I mean, you know, Barnes and Noble looks pretty big, but it's really not. If you think about it, you know, mm-hmm. if you look around the books in there, if you go to the thriller section, it's, it's not that big, you know, I mean, and, and, and if you want to be one of those books that are, um, next to the, the Brad Taylors or the Mark Graney's or the Don Bentley's or the CJ boxes or name any of those guys, then it takes a, it takes a lot. It, it takes everything in you to get there. Speak at a conference, uh, which conference is that, that this year? Oh, it, it, this will be just a local one in Amarillo. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's going to be the, uh, oh. um, yeah. Hot Plains writers, uh, group. And, uh, and so no, it'll be, it'll be a local one. And yeah, I've never, I've never been, but I've heard really good things about Bachacon, so it's on my list. Uh, it's it's kind of nice to see them coming back now with all, after the whole pandemic. Uh, well, we're still in it, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fact right. that they're actually trying to hold events is kind of a kind of cool. So. It is well, you know, and, I, and I'll be honest because yeah, Thriller Fest. You know, I, I went to Thriller Fest twice, and uh, and I even give it and they acknowledge it in my book to the Thriller Fest and the people that put it on. If you're out there and you're writing thrillers and you haven't been. You just got to go. It's just not a. It's not a nice to do. It's a have to do, and uh, and it's so good. There's so many great panels, so many great speakers. I've learned so much. Uh, the the level of networking that you do at events like that. It's just I, I can't put it. I, I mean, I I can't even put it into words. Like how important it is and what a great event it is. So you know, it's been virtual two years in a row for obvious reasons, but. Uh, but hopefully next year it'll get back online and, uh, and I think that'd be really fun. So no, you're right. Like it's just fun having voucher con and being able to writers like to be uh, with each other because again, you know, we have these sort of solitary lives in a way and, um, there's nothing like being with other writers when you're doing it. Cause they know the, the joy, the pain, everything that goes along with it. It's such a great community too. Cause even though you're, you know, technically all competitors, everyone's so helpful, you know, like all the authors in the same genres and stuff. It's, it's uh, kind of great to see that. It's just, it's strange. I mean, it's they, everybody should be not as nice as they are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that is. I mean, yeah, because the, the guys that you know, I guess in theory I will be a competitor with, if you want to look at it that way. I mean, you know, if you're in there looking at two different books, you're going to buy one. It might be mine or it might be someone else's. But everybody that I've encountered um, has been nothing but helpful, nothing but friendly, nothing but like trying to get me to the next level. And, um, I, I don't know if it's like that for every genre, I, I can only speak to the sort of thriller and, you know, sort of more military writer type guys, but everybody's been just bar none friendly and, and, uh, uh, helpful as they could be. That's kind of curious now too about your, uh, your, your writing process. Then do you like do you outline these before you start to write it or what's, what's that look like? Man, it's funny you should say that I, everybody asks and I always say, I mean to do that. I'm going to do that on the next book. <laughs> I kind of, so I kind of do like, I, I kind of have, uh, I think right now I have like maybe five or six in the series, sort of like, you know, a few paragraphs of like, here's where the story's going to go type of a deal. And, you know, that's something I sent to my editor. And so I have in my mind where, where it's going to go and where I want it to go. When I start doing a, a, a book though, I actually like, it's more of a concept. Like I'll read about something really cool and I'll be like, man, imagine that in a book. Imagine that playing out in a story. And uh, so for me, you know, like uh, my book is sort of like military thriller meets wild west. And I like both those things. I thought, man, imagine like getting a guy with an AR-15 on a horseback and he's flying across the plains, like killing bad guys. I mean, <laughs> to me, it just seemed 
fun. He's got the, you know, Shema scarf, you know, around. I mean, so he's kind of half a uh, military operator, half wild west cowboy with his cowboy. I mean, to me, it just sounded cool. And so I was like, okay, build a story around that. And, uh, and so book two, I won't give it any way, but, oh, I think there's some really, really cool, again, concepts, you know, cause I'm always reading, you know, see what's in the news. And I'm like, imagine if this guy went up to this guy. So it's kind of like MMA, right. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. whatever, you know, what are you, I'll, I'll take your Kung Fu against your, you know, judo or whatever. And let's see who comes out on top. And, um, and so I kind of like to, you know, pair these people and, and kind of see what happens if you put them in a fight. Yeah, I think that's cool you mentioned that because I remember a few years ago I saw, oh, I don't know, maybe five, six, ten years ago, I can't remember, but it was a picture in Afghanistan of the special forces guys, and you know they're they're in the horse, they're in horses, and you know the Taliban guys were in horses, and it's like holy moly, it's like <laughs> yeah, but they all with the modern weapons, of course, but it was like yeah. wow, that's how you, I, I guess how you, the best way to get around over there was on horseback. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, is there anything cooler than that? And and to me, just as a concept, that's cool that you can have all this like really, uh, I mean, the technology that we have within the U.S. military and, and, and um, intelligence world is just insane. But yet they're on horseback and they're li- living in caves and sleeping in caves. And uh, again, that's just one of those things that I sort of geek out on as a writer. Because I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. And, and I like the fact that, you know, there's something they could have been doing a thousand years ago they're doing now. And uh, it's just really neat. And what do you use to uh, to write? Do you use like Word or some, something else? Or? Yeah, just use Word. Yeah. <laughs> so the good old Word document. And again, like, uh, you know, you ask that I'm, and people say like, you should be using whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean to do that. I mean to do that. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess if the process works, it works, right? So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anything, but but maybe there's the greatest thing in the world out there and I'm not using it. And I should be, I don't know. Well, I've interviewed over 160 uh, thriller authors so far. And uh, I think like probably 90% use words. So, yeah, right? <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. so it was, there's, there's something, something to the basics, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is it the, the, no need to reinvent the wheel, especially if it's working for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's all I do. Yeah. And what's your, what's when you're writing a project, um, do you have like, do you try to do like, uh, I'm going to, right from this time to this time or when I hit these many words what's that look look like so I've, I never used to do that until recently and and I was on a real tight deadline to get in get book two in so I did sort of give myself a word count and I never thought I would do that I always thought that was a strange thing that that authors do but yet yeah, here I am doing it so I guess the process is sort of ever evolving yeah usually I just write until I didn't feel like writing anymore. <laughs> but I think because again, I was on a deadline, I kind of knew how many words I needed to write to get to where I needed to be. So it just was a way for me to kind of calm myself down a little bit and be like, well, if you just did, you know, this many words a day, then you'll be, you'll meet your deadline. And that was sort of easy enough to do, if you know what I mean. And so I, I don't normally do that. I probably won't do that when I start back writing book three, but, um, but no, that is, it is kind of a good way to do it because then there's a sense of satisfaction. If you say like, you know, maybe I will do that. You're talking me into it now. <laughs> because yeah, then you say like, you know, I'm, you know, we write about a hundred thousand words or whatever. And okay, well, like, here's what I, between now and deadline, here's where we are. Then, then let's do this. So, uh, no, I like that idea. Thanks for it, Thanks for the the tip. <laughs> oh yeah, you're, right, you're welcome. <laughs> and what's your, what, so you're right now you're, I'm sure you're so busy with the the launch and doing, talking to people like me, but uh, yeah. when are you going to sit down and start writing the third one? Is that coming up soon? You know, I, I want to do that because I waited too long for book two and, it, and it, I didn't do that on purpose because we were still editing book one and kind of until you get, get to the end of that book, 
you didn't really know how, I didn't know how to like start because my editor may want to change things. Mm-hmm. But I think now, you know, I sort of know him, he sort of knows me and maybe we'll have a little conversation of here's where I want to go. And then, so it won't kind of, uh, you know, I can get started on a little bit sooner. And again, hopefully I'll have, you know, edits back from him on book two and we'll start working down that and um, down that path. And so, yeah, so hopefully that, that'll start pretty soon, but yeah, you're right on this, the, the publicity and marketing stuff. Again, once I finished book two, I was, I took this big like sigh of relief and then only to like Garrett Kolb, you know, go from uh, the frying pan <laughs> and into the oven. And I didn't realize and how, how much this, uh, this takes, you know, and it takes, I mean, it's, it's an all day long, full on end of the night process doing the marketing publicity and, and that's fine. Again, it's just part of it, but it was something I hadn't expected. And, um, but no, it's part of the job. Yeah. I really think the I hear that a lot about writers about oh I, I aspiring writers you know i just want to write i'm like well yeah that's not even stephen king goes out and does full junkets <laughs> for his yeah. new books i mean so yeah. it's a big part of the business uh, the business I'm, side of it yeah so. i'm sure there was an era where you know maybe Ernest Timmingway or something like <laughs> yeah. you know he just sat in his thing turned it in and it becomes a book well i'm just again for any aspiring writers out there um just so you know, that's not the case. And if you don't really like doing this kind of thing, man, it, it's going to be hard, you know, uh, if, if you, if you, if you, I mean, cause you got to be kind of out there selling your wares as they say. And, uh, my wares is, is, are books, so, you yeah, know, so yeah. it's just part of it. But I mean, I, I like I said, I, I'm, I, I like it. I like talking to people and I love talking about writing. I'll talk about writing all day long cause it's my passion. And then of course, you know, like I said, the book's my baby. So I'm, I'm happy mm-hmm. to talk about that. And so before I let you go, I always like to close things out by asking, because I do have aspiring writers listening to this podcast. uh, uh, What advice do you have for them? You know, um, there's a lot of advice. But I tell you that the one uh, I've mentioned this the other day, and I I maybe mentioned it a couple of times to people, but I think it's good. If you're really aspiring writer and you really think maybe I want to do this a living for a living, then don't just start a book, start and finish a book. And, uh, and I didn't realize what a big deal that was until later on people go, Oh, you finished the book. And I said, yeah, of course. I mean, you're going to start a book. You got to finish it. <laughs> and they're like, most people don't ever do that. You know, it's rare for people to finish a book. And, um, and I, and I thought about it. I was like, well, now I, I know why, cause I've written several at this point. And so it's fun to, you know, write three quarters of, or, you know, yeah, three quarters of a book and make all these problems and make all this like misery for your protagonist. The real like where the rubber meets the road is, is making it all come back together again. That's where I, you know, again, I, I always go like, why did I do this? Why? Why? You know, I, I, why did I make so many problems? And so so I would tell people it's kind of like if you're going to start it, finish it. Now, if you just love writing and it's just your release and you don't have really plan to do it, you know, start a million books. Who cares if you just have fun writing? Just do that. But if you really think you might want to do this, and I don't care if it's self-publishing traditional, whatever it is, start and finish a book and say, I'm not starting another project till I finish this thing. I think that's great advice. And I really like what, what you mentioned earlier too, is, I mean, and you have to be able to be, be tough. You know, like you said, you, you, you had to basically put a whole book you already wrote aside and start fresh for this one. So yeah, <laughs> got to roll with that's, the punches. <laughs> you you got to roll with the punches and, and, um, 
and it's just it's it'd be it's hard work i mean it's yeah. the hardest work i mean you know you've seen my background this yeah. is by far the hardest work i've ever done this is by far the most time consuming work I've, I've ever done and i mean you know getting that book in I, I think for seven months i worked seven days a week to get that thing in and um and you know i have small kids and so i'm trying to be a good dad and a good husband and a good writer and you know it, it's uh it takes a lot of time so you know i'm not complaining but um, anybody who says, you know, you can just kind of like phone it in. Eh, that's <laughs> not the case. <laughs> not, not the case at all. All right. So where can the, the listeners find you? Uh, what's your website? Yeah. So uh, I just have a new website. Uh, so taylormorebooks.com. Uh, so go on there and check it out. And I've got links to buy the book if you don't uh, ha- have a local store or whatever you'd like to go to. Um, so yeah, taylormorebooks.com and, and you can find me and find more about me and you can see, I post a lot of pictures of me kind of doing some of the training. Uh, I, I you know, I, sh- I, you know, for everything I, I do, I try to, or, you know, write about, I try to do so whether it's, you know, some of it I've done and kind of grew up with, you know, shooting guns and riding horses and all those. So things, things I knew, but, uh, if you go on the site, you'll see, you know, me sort of, uh, uh doing some of the research, uh, for that. And, uh, so, and then a little bit more about my background and, you know, I have a newsletter and all that. So if anybody's interested, go check out, um, yeah, taylormore.com or taylormorebooks.com. Yeah. That'd be cool to see the, see you in, in research mode. So yeah, definitely yeah. go check that out. Yeah, and no. so uh, Don Range uh, comes out August 3rd. By the time people are listening to this, it'll be out. So go check it out. But all right, Taylor, well, thank you so much for being on the show. I uh, really enjoyed talking with you. And enjoyed talking to you too, Alan. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to Meet the Thriller Author. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with one of your favorite writers of mysteries and thrillers. Or if this episode's guest is new to you, I hope you give their books a chance. Helping listeners discover new authors and books is one of the coolest outcomes of doing this podcast. As always, you can head over to thrillerauthors.com to sign up to my Thrilling Reads email list. That way you won't miss out on any great deals in thriller and mystery books. You can also check out all the links and resources in the show notes for this episode over at thrillerauthors.com. And also please do subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already and leave a rating and review wherever it is that you're listening to this show. If you have done that already, I thank you. I really do appreciate your support. For my other links to my author website, social media haunts, and more uh, check out thrillingreads.com forward slash links all my links will be uh, on that uh, page so that's it for this episode Uh, see you next time and stay safe out there